Hey, 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 folks, welcome back. Another exciting episode with another exciting guest. Danielle Shanks is zooming in from our nation's capital. Well, if you're Canadian, anyhow, Ottawa, Ontario. And Danielle is a real estate entrepreneur who's recently gotten into active real estate investing. She's got her first triplex on the go. She's looking to do bigger things, getting into multifamily investing. She's uh, been in the private lending space in the past. She's looking to get going with with raising private capital as well. And uh, she's doing all of this while she's working full time. So Danielle, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Thank you very much. All right. So, hey, what got you into this whole wild, wonky, wonderful world of real estate investing? What was that initial spark, Danielle? I uh, saw a Facebook ad from Scott McGillery and the rest is kind of history from there. Um, there you go. You, you, you saw the Spire Point opportunity. Well, I knew I had to do something yeah. and I wasn't sure what that was um, until one day I saw uh, the Facebook from Scott and he was coming to Ottawa, which is 20 minutes down the street from me. And I decided to go check out his um, presentation. Yeah. So I then uh, signed up for the three-day workshop. Um, well, with- well, let me ask you this before we, we don't need to dive into the details of the, of the educational journey. McGilvery and, and Keyspire, lots of people got started with there. But what was it that sparked your interest from whatever that was that, that they said in the that initial post? What was it that just really intrigued you initially about real estate investing? I knew I had to do something else because I, I'm not going to have a full pension with my full-time jobs. Um, and, and so that was the spark that Scott uh, created. And then shortly after the three-day workshop, um, I, uh, I, I bought that triplex all by myself. Uh, it's going on five years now. Oh, wow. Okay. That's great. So you said you're 20 minutes away from Ottawa. Whereabouts are you? No, I'm, I'm, I'm at, uh, I'm mid downtown. Okay. The property's 20, 20 minutes. Yeah, the, no, the property is from here. Now the property's 45 minutes away outside of Ottawa. Got it. Well, I've got a little experience around there and had a 54-unit apartment building in a town called Spiths Falls, so that's what I was oh, yeah. kind of wondering if, uh, about what. Uh... Oh, this my triplex is in the Rockland area. Okay, very nice, very nice. Okay, so you got started with the triplex, and what have you been up to since over those five years? Do you self-manage the property? Are are you yes. kind of taking care of everything? Yes, I I've been doing rentals and self-managing from the get-go. Holy smokes. So are you a handy kind of person right, right from day one? Uh, no, I had some help. <laughs> That's but, good. Um, I, I do what I can. So what, what would you say, looking back over the last five years, managing your own, you know, three rental units, what have been some of your biggest takeaways and, and learning, especially considering that that has been over the, the pandemic time, you know, auto Ontario, and the landlord-tenancy rules and regulations are much more in the favor of the tenants than the landlords. What, what kind of learning experiences have you had over that time so far, Daniel? My biggest learning is um, because it was already rented, and that was my number one mistake. I should have um, I should have rented, um, cleaned up the units, and put new tenants in there because the the rent was way below market value. But because I was lacking experience and it was a scary, a scary step to take all by myself. And so 
it was all rented, so it felt safe. But in the end, that was my number one mistake because um, so that's why I, if I had a rented, cleaned up the units and put new tenants in there right from the start, I would have had market value rents and, and things would have went way, way more smoothly. So have you turned over some of those tenants or have they all kind yeah. of stayed put? No, I have. I'm now um, I've doubled all my rents and I have one. I have two new. I've had several tenants now, but now I'm settled with two. Uh, there's one one existing tenant, but I've put up a rent consistently. So I'm almost at market value with her. And then the other people are all new and I've all doubled that and everybody's paying their own hydro and all the quirks that I didn't take care of is now been solved. Well, that's been a very good learning oh. experience then. And you've, oh. you've increased the, the cash flow on that property. Well, depending on how it's financed, of course, but yeah, it's, it sounds like it's, it's worked out maybe a little longer than you anticipated. Yeah. And everybody, I think, especially in Ontario, I'm at BC here as well. We'd wave the magic wand. We'd love to take vacant possession of, of properties, but that's not going to happen. That's very, very difficult to, to have happen. And it's, it's also challenging to renovate with existing tenants, right? If they don't want to leave, we, it's very difficult to get them out. Yeah, correct. The laws in Ontario are very difficult for that. So um, that's why, the, and because my properties is, is a bit on in the countryside, there isn't many rental units and a lot of people, not everybody likes to live downtown uh, in Ottawa, in the city. So um, I've had no issues renting the place, but I, like I said, um, it, they issues getting, getting renters out. That's, that's the yeah, issue. Well, but they know the rules. So yeah. this is what's happened is, is you can't just kick people out. Um, yeah. I'm, and I'm very familiar with the, um, the landlord tenant act. Have you had, have you had a few run-ins? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 So what, what's been your biggest takeaway from those experiences? Oh, well, I had a deceased tenant. So that was the biggest one. A deceased tenant. Yeah. So what was the issue? Oh, uh, we, we, uh, my, my, my exit, my other tenant noticed something was wrong. And um, anyway, make a long story short, the police were called and she was deceased in, on the couch. Just oh my goodness. no, no big, um, no investigation, but just no, happened. She just passed away. And yeah. She just passed away. And, and um, so that was the biggest shock. And that was my biggest turnover for a tenant as well. Yeah. In a weird kind of way, it was, that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond my bit. control, but. It, it, you, you uh, made the most out of a unfortunate situation. Correct. Yeah. So, but did you, you didn't have to deal with landlord tenancy board in that situation. Did you? I mean, no. that, that's pretty clear cut. No. It's just. I guess, you know what, here's a good question, because I don't know what happens there. What happens with the tenant's stuff? What do you, who do you, con did, like, did she have family? Was that who yeah, took luckily, care of? Luckily, uh, she still had parents um, nearby. So uh, because their first and last month's rent come into play uh, nicely. So um, besides the legalities of, uh, of the police and, you know, having to bust her door down because the door was locked and yeah and stuff like that but 
yeah, beyond that, uh, I was very, very lucky that her, her parents were able to um, clean the place out. They, and I gave them 30 days to do that, which, which consisted of the last month's rent. So okay. I, I was very, very lucky. They cleaned the place and emptied it out. And then I did some minor renos and started all over again with, with a different rent. <laughs> different tenant, go. different and, and market rent. So the one tenant that you've had that you inherited, who's still in the property, you said that you've been able to, you know, bump up their rent and it's getting close to, to market rent. How were you able to do that? Because if you were at pretty much half of market rent, then every year, yeah, you can raise it one and a half or 2% or whatever uh, the government says. The How province, are you, the province yeah. dictates that every year. Yeah. So I, that's all I can do is follow, is follow the increase um, that, that gets uh, published um, at the beginning of, at the end of it, it gets published around November for mm-hmm. effective uh, January of the following year. Right. Okay. So, so in Ontario, you have to follow that. Um, so the only way you can put up the rent anyway, the way to, to make it correct, as my example, is when you have a new tenant, then you can, you can put up the rent, which I was able to do twice, but I can't do that with the existing tenant because yeah, because of the, the, the law, but even, but even in spite of that, with the, the, the provincially mandated uh, rental increases, that's made a, a nice difference for you. I would imagine it's, it's getting there. It's getting close. Yeah. yeah. Slow. It's, it's hard to make it catch up. All right. So Danielle, you also have some experience in, in private lending. Talk to us a little bit about that. What does that mean to you? What does that look like? Well, it's, it's, uh, I decided to look into that. And so I had a, a, a property with my JV partner in, in Moncton, New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. And um, two years into that, uh, we decided to sell. So I took part of that profit and decided to private lend. So, so I, but I had to study and I had to get comfortable. So I did a small loan, a small little deal. And then when that came, this with that cash flow, then I did a bigger deal. And now I'm this is my third one at this nice. point. So, so what what is what kind of deals are you loaning on? And what are these? Are these kind of like is it bridge financing, second mortgages? I'm right what? now I'm involved in a in a in a twin towers uh near here with a with a project. It's uh it's one project, but the the owners own both towers. So I, I, I'm involved with that um, till about March 2024. Okay, very cool. And were the other the other projects you were involved in, were they smaller projects? Yes, this is the biggest one. Yeah, so the other ones, what did they look like? Um, the other one was, uh, it was a bridge mortgage for a, a project in Kitchener. And then after that, I did, um, I was involved with a deal in, for Costa Rica, but so, but I, I made sure I had a lien against another building to make sure I was in Canada. Correct. Smart. So, so I was, so I was protected. So but the key to that is because I read books and, and I did some training before I jumped into that, but it's a nice thing to do because you don't have tenants and toilets and plumbers and most definitely. And, and what kind of cash flow people can keep people be expecting these days with, with private lending like that? 
12, 14%. Well, that's pretty good. That's not bad at all. And what are the, typically, what are the tax consequences on something like that? It depends on your, your personal Correct. income, I guess, but it can Correct. be pretty substantial because that's passive income correct, correct? yeah no yeah. and uh, i just i i declared it and my accountant took care of the rest beautiful there you go who not how <laughs> no, i want i want to sleep at night i want to do things exactly. properly and correctly so what is what is your professional background just out of curiosity danielle i'm a privacy protection uh person at Enfant hospital privacy protection person what does that even mean means uh release of information so um i've been for i've been there for 12 years wow uh, and i i um so yeah my, is that kind my, of compliance side of things or what yes, is that yes yeah. i yeah so basically uh 17 years ago uh i was faced with a, a divorce and i went back to school and i had a medical background to begin with as a kid at 18 so I took what I already knew and I, I took this course that kind of fell on my lap and then the rest is history. Um, I came to Ottawa to, to, because I'm bilingual. So um, I, I wanted to come to Ottawa. I ended up at Montfort Hospital and I'm still in the same chair today, except, nice. except with way, way more responsibilities at this point but well i would imagine all right release of information just so everybody understands it's it's i do everything from um on the spot stat stuff that's my job but i do everything from wsib lawyers insurance anything you need documents to for whatever scenario that's what i do well i asked this because it sounds like research and checking things out and doing your homework ahead of time that sounds like that that's something you're very accustomed to and, and very comfortable with. So I was, I was curious as to what your background is. So it makes perfect sense, right? You're very, um, you're very good at finding out what the processes are, the rules and regulations are, which most people would kind of gloss over, but you play close attention to that stuff. Well, yes, I, I don't want to get in a muddle. So I, I, I do good. my research. I do my research and, um, and I'm good at administration. That's basically what I, that's all I know, short of the basics of life. Um, that's my thing. <laughs> well, that's, that's your own superpower, Danielle. That's a very good thing to have dialed in because a lot of us, myself included, are not that way. We're a little, we're a little, a little bit on the uh, loosey goosey side sometimes when it comes to that sort of stuff. So having somebody on the team that's like you is a huge benefit. Yeah, no, I, I, I like my, my organization. <laughs> I'm sure you do. And I appreciate organization very, very much. So Danielle, when it comes to, you know, real estate and moving ahead, what are your goals? You want to keep chugging along with, with what you got and doing a little private lending here or there, or are you getting into bigger and better things? I, I rejoined with my original uh, partner and mm -hmm. I've got uh, something happening in Costa Rica at the end of the year. So I, I nice. started that and um, I'm hoping my goal is um, I want to retire before too long. So I want to, I want to have, I'd like to have a, a, a apartment building like 12, 15 units or something like that. But right now I need to jump in and raise some capital. That's been a little scary part. Yeah. So I'm pretty familiar with Costa Rica. I lived there for 10 years, but it was a long time ago. Um, what uh, what area of the the country are you investing in, and what kind of project, if 
without I, spilling I all the beans? Play a cocoa. Beautiful area. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, it's because my partner, he, uh, I just kind of jumped in. So he, we, there's a, it's a two bedroom, two bathroom uh, townhouse with, with a casita in the back. Yeah. And so that's what, that's what we're going to do Airbnb with. Um, come. So does it already exist? Or are you guys building it? It's, it's, it's built, being built now. I just had an update today. So nice. it'll be ready December. So is it one of these projects is kind of built specifically for short-term rentals? Yes. Nice. Nice. I've got a client that's doing something similar, but in, uh, in resort areas in Canada. So he's, he's got a number of those going in Canmore, Alberta, which is, you know, very close to skiing yep. and Banff and that sort of thing. And the cash flow you can get for those kind of, those kind of properties, especially that are purpose built for that is really, really outstanding. So Playa del Coco, that's a great place to do that. It's well, been about 20 years well, since I've been there, but it was, it was great even back then. Yeah. It's, it's crazy right now. I would imagine over there. So when it comes to the multifamily property, so so you're doing that in, in Costa Rica. It sounds like that's already dialed in. Now you want to raise capital for a multifamily property also in Costa Rica or somewhere else? No, I'm, I was thinking of East Coast or New Brunswick or just so it's a, uh, I, I'm not finished all my research and, and, and all that, but just because it's Vancouver, Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, it's crazy. That's why Plus, you got some experience in the Maritimes. You had something already in New Brunswick, correct? Correct. Um, well, what was that? Were, my kids were also born in, in uh, Nova Scotia. So I spent six years out there. So I'm very familiar with Halifax and very and nice. That. So yeah, I yeah, had, a, that makes... had a duplex in Moncton. Okay. Got it. So when it comes to the capital side of things, Danielle, what, uh, what are your plans or what are some of the challenges that you're facing or how, how can I, what, how can I point you in the right direction or give you some tips? My, my biggest, my biggest challenge is, is uh, the fear of the presentation. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Fair enough. Most people are very, very nervous about that if they haven't done that before. Um, are you open to a couple of tips? Sure. Yeah. So the number one tip I can give you, Danielle, is to keep it super simple. Because just chatting with you and, and understanding a little bit about your background, you are a very intelligent, very detail-focused person, which is great. However, my best guess is that it might be easy for you to uh, overwhelm people with a little bit too much information and too much detail. Right. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming things. And this, this is a challenge I have with some of our clients who are uh, have an engineering background and, and that sort of thing. Very, very detail focused, which is great. Very important. However, here's what we need to remember is that a lot of your investors or investor prospects may not be active or experienced real estate investors themselves. Okay. So we always have to keep that in mind. So here's my rule of thumb, Danielle, is when you're doing a presentation, number one, shorter is better. So shoot for 20 to 25 minutes kind of thing for, for being able to get through the whole thing. Number two, we're not necessarily trying to get somebody to cut us a check today. What we're trying to get is 
a, a serious show of interest to get the ball rolling. So what I always recommend is get people to sign off on an expression of interest as the first step. Okay, so that's the goal of the of presentations. Get that expression of interest. Number three, when it comes to the actual presentation itself, try to create it in a way that an average 13-year-old can easily understand it. Does Simple that make sense? What's that? Simple vocabulary. Exactly. Yeah. Avoid the jargon. I have the training. I just having difficulty jumping in. Ah, okay. There you go. So it's it's a matter of creating that. Then the, a couple of other tips are get, you know, when we're working with clients, we walk them through what I call the the ninja process, which is a, a way to get 15 to 20 practice presentations with actual people under your belt that are no pressure on them and no pressure on you, but also have a very high likelihood that out of that bunch of people, you'll probably have three or four people or five that say, hey, Danielle, this looks pretty cool. I'm interested in this, right? So get getting some practice runs where you're not stressed out about actually raising the capital for a deal would be great. So in your case, what I would suggest is that you uh, find a sample property, the kind of size, the kind of location, the kind of thing that you're going to be actually looking for to use as a case study. It's not necessarily the deal you're going to be raising capital for. It's the kind of deal you're going to be raising capital for. And then plunk that in your presentation, run that through with a bunch of people and get, get a number of them signed off on expressions of interest. And then you're going to have the confidence to go out and actually find a deal like that because you'll know that you got the capital to back you up. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. It's also, I've, I'm finding out uh, recently that just put the word out and it's, I'm getting some positive feedback from that. Good, yeah. So I think you're in a really strong position because you've got you know decades of experience in an area where there are a lot of high net worth individuals that you've probably rubbed shoulders with and and who know you. So you could be looking at, in, in addition to your real estate contacts, you can be looking at those people that you've got that pre-existing relationship with as prospective investors as well. Yes. Yeah. And, and and significant coaching as well. So there you go. So Danielle, if people are wanting to connect with you, find out more, what should they do? What's the number one place they can go to find all things Danielle Shanks? Uh, the Facebook. The Facebook. Just put in your name there and that Yeah, can... I'm with I'm with Fearless. So I'm with Fearless and and I'm also involved with uh, Michael Ponty. So I'm I'm out there um all the time. Awesome. Very good. Well, it's been a lot of fun, Danielle. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thank you very much. It was great. All right, everybody, take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode.